Welcome to another episode of the Home Run on Wheels podcast, where we chronicle the baseball trip of a lifetime while raising awareness of the needs of children in the foster system through our partnership with Children's Hope Alliance. This is Ron Clements with my wife, Patty. Hello. We're getting ready to leave Phoenix today. Kind of bittersweet. We've had a good time hanging out with our friends, Chris and Katie, and getting to know their family. Yeah, it's been really nice. I want to continue our trip, but part of me doesn't want to leave. Right. Although... Not only is Phoenix really hot, but it's super windy. Whoever named Chicago the Windy City apparently had never visited Phoenix. I don't think you realize how windy it gets in Chicago, but yes. I do. Man, it's like hurricane winds out on here. If you say so, dear. <laughs> but uh, with Chris and Katie and uh, their kids, Jonah and Gracie, we all went to the Diamondbacks game Tuesday night at Chase Field, stadium number 26. Your magic shoes did their thing again. They did. They did the trick. The Diamondbacks won. It was a walk-off on an error. It's the first time we've seen that this year. Yeah, that was interesting. And, of course, the fans went wild, uh-huh. and it was a good time, and was I was it? really glad they won. Yeah, it was actually a pretty good crowd for a Tuesday uh, it's pretty good crowd for a Saturday. No, but uh, it was oh actually goodness. a pretty good crowd for a Tuesday because the lower bowl was pretty much full. And it was. It, now, one thing that didn't make sense to me was the Pets, PetSmart patio uh, in like the left field was completely empty. Well, but, it's interesting. We saw outside when we were, before we came in, right. I guess I should say, we saw that they have bring your pet day on every was it monday tuesday no every sunday and monday home games bring your dog well i'm thinking it would be home games because right (laughs) yeah yeah just just bring your dog in to watch the diamondbacks play in miami (laughs) no um yeah they have bring your dog to the ballpark every sunday and monday in the PetSmart patio, and that's really cool. And it was—it looked like a neat little area too. So yeah, I was just kind of. And I asked Katie if it was only used for that, and she said no. So it was—I was—it was kind of interesting that it was empty when we were there. But um, we also did not make it over to the pool area at Chase Field because that is a—you you have to have a special ticket for that, and it's usually sold just for uh, like a group tickets. So if you got a big group, you can get that area and do a little swimming while you watch the baseball game. Can you share? You can seriously actually go in the pool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's not like the rays uh, ray tank, you know, where you you just pet, pet the rays. No, you can actually go swimming, and it's not like the pool in the bar in the Miami, uh, the, the 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 Marlins Park. Exactly. Nightclub. That's what I was thinking of. I wasn't thinking of swimming with the rays. Thank no. you. <laughs> um, but that's interesting, and that would be kind of fun. Yeah, if you got a big group, and uh, speaking of that, we are trying to organize a big group. For our finale in uh, St. Louis, um, trying to get some folks together and hopefully get Celeste Dominguez, the CEO of Children's Hope Alliance, there in St. Louis next month when we end this trip. But uh, today, though, we head to Houston, our next stop. Um, it's going to be a long drive. We're going to break it up into a couple of uh, stretches. Yeah, we're going to check out New Mexico because we got to check off another state. Exactly. And then we will be heading to Tejas. Right. And 
going to see some bats. And we said that before. I think. Yeah. Made that joke yeah. In, before, in, but... in Austin. Yep. And then we're going to see my brother in San Antonio and then we'll get down to Houston on Monday. So when we talk to you next, we'll actually be talking to you from Texas and uh, be on our way to Houston to see. We're actually going to see a pair of games at Minute Maid Park Tuesday, the 28th with um, one of your cousin's friends, kind of a family friend, Caressa, who lives down there now with her family. And then uh, Holmes will go to another game September 2nd, Labor Day Sunday. Holmes will go to another game. Yeah, and that's a covered stadium because yes. there's no way I'm taking him to an outdoor ball game in Texas. Right. Not in August anyway. No. And Chase Field also covered because it was 100 degrees outside, a nice cool 70 degrees inside. This was actually the first stadium in Major League Baseball that had a retractable roof with natural grass. I did not know that. But and what I will kind say... kind of a state-of-the-art AC unit too because like the air conditioning unit uh, units are actually housed in a separate building and then it's pumped in i was wondering because it was nice and cool yeah. you know and that's hard to do in 100 plus degree weather yep and it was nice and cool in there and i have to say that normally you know i say i don't like to see baseball inside and there i still do feel like it feels subdued when you're inside but i will say i was very thankful with the 100 degree weather that we weren't sitting there sweating Roasting. in the sun. We might have that experience in Arlington, Texas, though, because it'll be September 4th. And um, yeah, that's going to be warm because that that is an open air stadium. We'll survive. I'm quite sure. Yeah. We're actually going to go to that game with my some more of my family. My mom and my sister and her family are going to join us for that game as well. Yeah, that'll be nice. <clears throat> it will be. Unfortunately, and maybe you guys can help out with this. If you know anybody, any foster care organizations in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I reached out to one uh, child services organization in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that my sister recommended, and uh, I did not. I had a conversation with them. It did not work out. I haven't heard from them. Um, so if you do know of an organization in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we can get some kids out to a Rangers game, please let us know. Uh, comment, email us, uh, because we thought we had an organization lined up months ago, and then we found out a couple weeks ago that that has fallen through. Um, they had a quote-unquote significant leadership change and uh, don't have the bandwidth to um, handle the project. So we need some help, and they're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area to get some kids to games, and heck, Kansas City for that matter, too. Right. And again, as much as we can give that experience to some kids, the better. And we thought, or Ron thought, I'm going to say, that Gracie had not been to a game. So yeah, we Chris said that Katie's yesterday. Yeah, youngest child. Is, she's eight years old. That's incorrect. Yep. Yeah, that was incorrect. So Ron was... <clears throat> I was can wrong. Can you say it? <gasps> yeah. Oh my gosh, folks. Yes. Uh, yeah, apparently Gracie went to her first game when she was two, and she's been to at least one game pretty much every year. So since, mark so. it down. <clears throat> Ron Clements was wrong. Oh, shut up. On this day and time. <laughs> I always admit when I'm wrong. Oh, my gosh. Did you say always? I, Come on now. Yes, I do. All right. Just because you, your maiden name is right doesn't mean you're always right. I didn't say that. I may not always be right, but I'm always correct. Oh, wait. I may not always be correct, <laughs> but I'm always right. Until I married you. Now I'm not right anymore. <laughs> Yeah, just like our uh, wedding drink at, at at our wedding. She's right and he's wrong, right? That's right. Yeah. 
what was your overall opinion of Chase Field? I liked it. Uh, the concourse was nice and open, and that's one of the things I'm realizing that I notice right away mm-hmm. at any stadium. Is it's one of the reasons why you did not like Yankee Stadium. Correct. Because the concourses are kind of closed off from the field. Concrete, concrete, concrete. I realize right. all of them have concrete, yeah. but it, when it feels like there's a lot of concrete, I don't like it. So, yeah, I like the area. The concourse was open. The stadium itself... As Katie said, I don't think there's a bad seat in the house, so that's good. The Oh, there is a problem, though, that I had with the way they put the seating in in the section we were in, mm-hmm. that it wasn't We were in section 130, by enough. the way. What's the word for that? Anyway, it wasn't angled up enough so that when I'm sitting there, I'm having to lean to one side or the other to see around the, the head of the person in front of you head in front of we us, had yeah. two rather tall gentlemen sitting right in well, front it wasn't of us. even the guy was normal so, the one in front of me was normal height it regardless it's just not like stadium seating as much yeah and i i will say the seat the rows are very narrow too and uh, i made the comment tuesday night at the game that i had not felt that cramped at a stadium since we were at fenway park However, it's not anywhere close to Fenway. Fenway no, is definitely more cramped. No, you kind of expect that at to, at Fenway because it's it's the oldest stadium in Major League Baseball. And Fenway, when we we like Fenway Park, that wasn't like a knock on Fenway at all. You could we, it's an older stadium. It's the oldest stadium, but for a stadium that's only twenty years old, you kind of expected a little more leg room. But the one thing I did like about it is they they did angle the seats toward Home the plate, field. Yep. So that was nice. Yeah, and several nice amenities in the stadium. There's a kid zone on the upper concourse. We did not go up there, but we saw the sign for the uh, the kid zone on the on the upper con- concourse. I would prefer this is kind of my beef with uh, the White Sox stadium too. I would prefer they put that kid zone on the main concourse level. I think it makes more sense there because especially if you have small children, who wants to go on an elevator or go up a bunch of stairs or an escalator or whatever, just have it on the main concourse. I think that makes the most sense. Although the cheapest seats are, I mean, you know, playing, kind of playing both sides of this, the cheapest seats are up on the upper concourse. So if you yeah, are going so have, have, to have a big your family. Yeah, so it's going to be easier. Your kids are going to have to go up there anyway. So if you are going to take your family to a game and you want to do it rather inexpensively, then yeah, I, I guess, you know, that was probably the mindset of the, the architect when they built it, by the way. I see no evidence that Chase Field and Miller Park had the same architect. Some guy told us that they do because I made the comment that Chase Field reminded me a lot of Miller Park in the way that it was uh, designed and just kind of how it it feels inside. Both stadiums also have natural grass. The roof does open differently, though. Uh, Chase Field kind of split 50-50. One side of the roof goes one way, one side of the roof goes the other way. That thing opens up, by the way, in like four seconds. They do it, or four minutes rather. They do it really I was fast. Say, yeah. four seconds would four probably, seconds would be really quick. That would no. probably freak me uh, out. That roof opens up in about four minutes. The fan roof at Miller Park and even the retractable roof at Safeco Field those t- those take about ten minutes to open hmm. and, and and close. Yeah, and I was also looking at some stuff on Miller Park, and I guess they've had a lot of troubles with their roof the way they have it. So, any who yes, definitely has the same feel inside. Not exactly, of course. There's no slide. No, there's no Bernie slide. <laughs> um, but they do have that pool, though, you know, for, but again, for, for group only. And there are a couple of, uh, kind of like what Miller Park has in the downright field, uh, where there are like uh, special sections. 
at Chase Field, you have uh, a couple of uh, bars and restaurants up there. One is called La Terraza, which is, is Spanish for the terrace. And then the other one was that draft beer spot. And I went up there and got us a couple beverages and saw that. It's a full-service restaurant and bar. Um, draft room is what it was called. And we did not make it up to La Terraza, but we saw it. I'm assuming it's, it's just a Mexican restaurant up there and, and uh, probably a nice view down the right field line. It's on the third level, though. So it's kind of up there. But a big variety of concessions Yes, there. and they were not expensive either. Except for the carne oh, asada right. hot dog that I really wanted to get until I walked up there and I saw it was $28. And I was like, well, it probably that 18-inch hot dog isn't worth it. It could probably feed a couple of people. Maybe that's why right? you get yeah. two meals out of it. Yeah, but I don't know. I wanted that. I saw somebody walk by with the, the big asada dog is what they call it. And uh, I was like, oh, I got to get one of those. And then, yeah, $28. Yeah, but of course, just like with any MLB stadium, you can bring food in. So if you yeah, are we bringing actually, a big family, you, know, with, you can do that. With Chris, we had to do six people. So we did bring in some bottles of water and some chips and stuff and uh, a couple other snacks, and which, which was nice. And I, and I think everybody appreciated that and uh, um, saved some money that way. But yeah, Chase Field overall, though, not all that expensive. We had tickets in Section 130 for $29 a piece. They were very good seats. Good foul ball territory. In fact, we thought one was going to land right on our heads but then it went it probably went in the front row the section right above us right yeah we saw it go up above us but we couldn't see where it went right. exactly so but souvenir cup of soda seven dollars now no, that does not include a refill like we've seen at marlins park and and, and at other places but seven dollars for a souvenir soda is not bad no that's a good price at a ballpark and you can get a domestic beer like a 14 ounce domestic beer for i think it was nine dollars so that's I mean, it's not cheap, but it's definitely not $14 like you see at uh, AT&T Park in San Francisco. It's comparatively inexpensive. Right. Overall, Chase Field, I mean, not the best stadium, but definitely not the worst. Uh, it, it was nice. I would definitely like to return there and see a game when the roof is open, kind right. of get a different feel. Yeah, when the weather is not over 100. Well, maybe after we do spring training in Arizona next year, we see a game early in the season in Arizona when the roof will be open. Sounds like a plan. All right, Stan. <laughs> By the way, yesterday was Paul Molitor's birthday. You know, shout, shout out to the Twins manager and former Brewers great. Which brings me to another thing, the 20th anniversary exhibit, or 20th anniversary experience at Chase Field. They got Hall of Famers up. Now, there's really only one true Hall of Famer that the Diamondbacks have. The franchise is only 20 years old, and that's Randy Johnson. He helped them win a World Series. But they also have Tony La Russa, who was like a consultant after he retired from managing. They have Robin Yount, who spent his entire playing career with the Brewers and then was a coach, a bench coach with the Diamondbacks for like three seasons. And they had Alan Trammell, who is best known for playing for the Detroit Tigers. They had him up there because... Yeah, that was on their was, Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, D-backs in the Hall of Fame. Because he was a coach with the Diamondbacks from 2011 to 2014. And then Robbie Alomar, who we saw the 12 bar in Toronto. Robbie Alomar is like the pride of the Blue Jays, but the Diamondbacks are taking credit for that guy. 
just because he played there for one season in 2004. Okay, to, but this isn't the first me, time we've seen that. No, we saw the Padres claim Ozzie Smith. That's that's cheating. <laughs> that's cheating, guys. You can't do that, team. You can come be on. proud of having had a great come through your stadium. It's okay as long as you don't, you know, say, "Hey, this guy was here forever." You know, whatever. Uh, I well, thought was the, what, cool. what really bugged me though about the, the 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 little Hall of Fame bios of those four men I just mentioned is that there is no mention of any of those other teams in on there. They're like Robin Yount, 1982, 1989 MVP. No mention of the Brewers. Tony Larusa was a manager for 30, 33 years. No mention of the Oakland A's, the Chicago White Sox, or the St. Louis Cardinals. No mention of the Detroit Tigers with Alan Trammell. No mention of the Toronto Blue Jays or the Cleveland Indians with Robbie Alomar. That's what bugs me. There's not a single mention that these guys actually had their careers with other teams. But if you're truly a fan, you know that. Yeah, but to me it's cheating. You shouldn't do that. Okay. This is the Ron Clements rule of life or whatever. Pet peeve number 9,682. <laughs> <laughs> Only that many? <laughs> All right, guys. It was well, cool, but yeah, hey, what? I was going to mention something. Okay. The wall of signed baseballs was pretty cool. And they actually had a key because they had so many up there. Uh-huh that they had a key where you could go over and look and figure out where's your favorite player or whatever and go and look look up that ball. I thought that was kind of cool looking. That is neat. And that, that outside of the cheating in the Hall of Fame players section, that <laughs> the 20th anniversary experience at Chase Field is kind of neat. You got kind of a stroll through the, the history of the franchise from Luis Gonzalez to Paul Goldschmidt over the last 20 years. And, uh, you know, you forget this team was actually really successful early. They were born in 1998, and then just three years later, they were World Series champions with Randy Johnson and Curt Schilling. So, I mean, that that is remarkable. You don't see that in baseball. I realize you see it in other sports, most notably, again, most recently, the Vegas Golden Knights in the NHL reaching the Stanley Cup Final in their first year. But uh, in, in baseball, that's kind of unheard of for a, uh, an expansion franchise. Such huge success so early in the history of the franchise. Yeah, and they're proud of it, and they should be. Yeah, just don't cheat by claiming Hall of Famers who never cheating. played for your team. It may be stretching a little, <laughs> but it's not cheating. We're crying out loud. All right, guys. Well, like I said, we got a long day of driving ahead of us today, so we're going to cut this short. But uh, thank you so much for listening. And uh, next time we talk to you, as Patty said, we'll be in, we'll be in Tejas. So thanks so See. much for listening to the Home Run on Wheels podcast. Have a great weekend. Nine o'clock on a Saturday A regular crowd shuffles in There's an old man sitting next to me Making love to his tonic and gin He says, son, can you play me a memory? I'm not really sure how it goes But it's sad and it's sweet And I knew it complete When I walked